Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time it is, you inky savages are joining me for episode number 108 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. Podcast. Holy cow. So this week is kind of exciting for me because I'm actually going to talk about some sponsorships. All right. Now, I know that you guys are like, oh, you know, you always talk about sponsorships. This week's different because one of the new sponsors this week is coming from brlcoffee.com. So brlcoffeeco.com, brlcoffeeco.com. Now, BRL stands for Beans, Rhymes, and Life. Now, these guys, this company's owned by a buddy of mine named Neil. I've recently got to know. He makes some fantastic coffee. I love, I love his coffee company because... He's got some pretty funny stuff going on about it. If you go to the website brlcoffeeco.com and, and take a look at his merch, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's got a little bit of an edge. He likes to joke around, funny guy. And like I said, BRL stands for Beans, Rhymes, and Life. So I'll give you the backstory of that. His whole philosophy is if you eat too many beans, you're going to rhythmically fart and it's going to ruin other people's lives. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. It's not. That's not why. Beans for coffee, rhymes because he's a music lover, and life because, well, life is good. So especially if you're having beans, uh, coffee beans, and and music in your life, everything just works out. It's brlcoffeeco.com. I personally like the Blonde Roast, and what I learned recently is that, and this has been coming up a lot, if you have a Blonde Roast, you have more caffeine. A darker roast has less caffeine because it gets cooked out more. But all the coffees taste fantastic. And not only that, there is a coupon code. Make sure to use coupon code ROY, R-O-Y, at checkout to score yourself an additional 10% off all your purchases at brlcoffeeco.com. Now, obviously, he's not our only sponsor. Our other sponsor, goldspot.com, is a place where you don't buy coffee. You actually buy pen stuff. Please make your purchases at goldspot.com. And be sure to use coupon code also. Roy at checkout to score yourself extra savings on all products on the Gold Spot website. Some exclusions do apply. And finally, we also have to talk about our sponsors. Gold, I'm sorry, Gold Spot. I already said that. Luxury Brands of America. Brain Fart. It's probably from all the beans. Brain Fart. Anyway, Luxury Brands of America, they're the distributors for Benu. Benu is a Russian company that makes these cool looking pens. And the week of February 6th, that's this week, they're launching a new pen and it's called the wild rose banu and it's launching on the 7th today's the 8th so it launched already good luck getting one they're really gorgeous they're pink and it's got wild roses inside the pen so it's kind of cool it's kind of like it's kind of like the mosquito that was trapped in the amber of jurassic park only it's not a mosquito it's roses and it's not trapped in amber it's trapped in very transparent resin and it looks really cool so i guess it's nothing like jurassic park whatever Anyway, these are going to be gone quick if they're not already gone. So please check out the Wild Rose Banu anywhere you can find it. It is a gorgeous pink pen. I do look at it and want to just chew on it. That's how good it looks. You probably shouldn't because it probably doesn't taste that good. But yeah, the Wild Rose Banu is launched. Please check it out. Check out goldspot.com. Use coupon code ROY. And check out BRL Coffee at brlcoffeeco.com and use coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional 10% off all your coffee needs. Coffee's good, guys. Coffee's good. And I'm talking to you, Nibby Quilter. 
my good buddy who we're going to start playing Halo together on Xbox Live. So anybody listening, if you're on Xbox Live, my tag name is Samurai first. Get it? Samurai instead of Samurai. And then first because I actually had a tag name Samurai, but I couldn't remember the credit card that was associated with it. So I just created another one and I called it Samurai space first. Anyway, that's me on Xbox friend me. Anyway, before I get started with this week's episode of the podcast, this podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. I was just looking something up. Not because I needed something to talk about, because we always figure out what to talk about the moment. Oh, we got we oodles to talk about. We even have... We have like lots of emails to look at too. Oh, do we which really? Is awesome, 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 yeah. awesome. I love it. I love it a lot. No, but I wanted to talk about something. Did <laughs> but you? No, know? forget all about that. We. <laughs> no, we have to definitely, 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 definitely read the emails. I definitely want to do that. But what I want to talk about is: Did you know that Conklin has a classic ink collection now? That was a recent development, yes. Oh, is that really? Because I didn't know anything about it. So I haven't spoken to my buddies over at Yaffa Brands recently because I've been busy and stuff like that. But they have mm-hmm. like this new ink collection. And okay. they come in these bottles. I think are probably some of the uglier bottles I've ever seen. But I think they're going for like that vintage look. That's the vibe that I'm getting at. But the thing is, knowing it's from Yaffa and that they also have reserve and they also have monteverde right. has a whole entire ink collection i mean like like not to say that they don't make good inks i think they make pretty good inks but like how are the, what kind of spin are they taking with conklin other than just kind of putting them into a vintage bottle maybe you could illuminate me my my view on that well no i that's why i brought it up i was wondering if you, <laughs> yeah do you know if this is I mean, they would I don't know if they would admit it, but what I think, and I may be completely wrong, and I'm basing this on pretty much just no information whatsoever. This is just my thoughts. I could be wrong. So if I am wrong and it pisses anybody off, just reach out to Goldspot and ask Tom to get fired. But here's what I think. Oh, nice. I think that they have so much ink reservoirs that they're just putting it in a Conklin labeled bottle. It's the same thing well, as Monteverde or a Private Reserve. They're just relabeling. I it. could I could read you some marketing copy if you'd like from Conklin. It's sure. not stuff that I wrote, but sure. Uh, so so Conklin sent an email to announce the new ink collection. Are you allowed to be reading says, this stuff out loud? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh. It's it's the legacy that lives on. Conklin Pen Company is proud to introduce a new ink collection. Wait, you got to so do it in British say, voice. <laughs> well, no, because uh, Conklin's an American company, so oh, why am true. I reading it as a British voice? I don't know. So it says uh, a redesigned packaging which stays true to the original original vintage look. So there's your explanation about the you know the need for that really old timey looking bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so since nineteen so nineteen since eighteen ninety eight, Conklin is regarded as one of the most significant an innovative American manufacturers from the golden era of fountain pens. For more than 120 years, Conklin is striving in the spirit of bold innovation while providing high-quality, fine writing instruments and premium inks around the world. And then it says also underneath the various colors, of which are bright red, classic black, dark rust, 
Deep Blue, Denim Blue, Rusty Rose, Kelly Green, Rich Mahogany, and Vintage Purple. Mahogany. Uh, Mahogany. Mahogany. Charming mix of vintage and modern, these novel cl- ugh, these novel Conklin inks feature vibrant colors, smooth ink flow, high saturation, excellent hues, and increased cap off time. These inks lubricate and protect the nib feeding system for from corrosion and clogging while enhancing writing experience. So very similar to I think the angle that Monteverde takes with the ITF, the ink whoever uh, the that ink flow technology that they yeah. call it um very similar sounding sort of inks i mean how could all of them be high in saturation i wouldn't think that that would necessarily be like a selling point because some people would want some inks that like maybe shade with lower saturation some that are mid you know, they don't have to be like all high saturation sheeny type of inks and what i also find curious about in this email that announces them is that you, there's not a single swatch to see what the actual ink looks like. It's just you just see the bottles with the really old looking style bottle, right? That kind of look like medicinal jars. Yeah, I, I don't. Th- it's like that weird medicine that they used to sell, like mm-hmm. out of like horse and snake carriages. oil salesman. Yeah, but yeah, so they're describing pretty much the same thing as they describe the Monteverde inks. They're just using different words to describe them. Mm-hmm. So. It sounds, and like I said, I could be wrong, and I may very well be. I do think that this is pretty much just rebranded the same stuff, right? Yeah, and, and you know what was really impressive, I thought, and I'm trying to look up the, the name of it, but it, it, was, it was, I I think it was Monteverde or maybe Private Reserve did it. Uh, I'm trying to think of which one it was, but there was one that... Remember, uh, Yair showed us, I think, at the DC Pen Show. He was very, he was really proud. Oh, I think it was called the Infinity. Was it the Infinity Private Reserve inks? Um, that basically you could have the cap, you could you could have the pen inked with the Infinity ink, and then have the cap off many hours and still be able to write with it, and it would still flow. It wouldn't like dry up into the nib. I don't remember that at all. It's, uh, there's a so there's a video of it. Or there's a there, I could send you the page if you want to take a look at it. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah. So so I, that I was really impressed with because even watching the video demo and they speed it up and everything, they show you they show you that like basically they did it for like well like eight ten hours and they had the ca- the pen's cap was off they had it inked and they wrote with it and then like hours later they come back and write with it and it's just it doesn't even like hard start. That's pretty cool, but I don't know how confident I feel about what's well the properties. What's in, yeah, what's in that stuff that's keeping it wet, that's preventing the natural, you know, drying. Like, what do they put in it? Let me hold on. I just got I just got what you sent. sent. Yeah, I just texted it. Yeah, you gotta take a look at this shit. It, it keeps it keeps it stays wet stays wet all the time there are so many things that we could say about that right now okay infinity (laughs) okay i mean it's i it it just looks like the same bottles and jars as everything else let me hit play on this thing so it's really cool so you got somebody writing with is that a twisby oh no it's a duragraph i was about to say this is very bad Uh, how how could you yeah Yeah, that would be yeah so so they time lapse this Crescent filler. I'm sorry. They time lapse this Duragraph that is a demo that's been eyedroppered. 
and then they writing let... with infinity green. Yeah, and you could tell that the you could tell that the the color is turning more saturated. What do you mean? As the time goes on, like after after the hours, like the 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 next line that was written, like an hour later, mm-hmm. it would be more saturated, but it didn't seize up. That's and crazy. Anything else? Yeah, any other ink you would you know you leave a pen with the cap off, it's gonna you know you're gonna yeah it's, it's gonna dry up. That's like I've done that how many times in live videos where I'm like showing the the pen. You know, and I'm like talking about the pen. I'm showing the nib and everything. I've already got it inked, and then I go to write with it in the the Gold Spot live video. Yeah, and it just doesn't want to write because I'm like, I'm like, I had, I was just showing the pen and showing the. I, I gotta retool the the uh, the demo for that. I gotta do like actually you have to do a filling and then write with it afterward because like talking or, about the pen with it inked, it just like dude, makes the nib dry up. I have a very easy solution. You have access to more than one. Just get two of the same pen. Show the non-inked one, and then just write with the inked one. True, true. Right, because I guess so. Because you kind of have access to everything. No, there. no. You know, I'm only so. allowed. I'm only allowed to take out one pen at a time. It's like the library. But you make the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah, you do. Don't give people the impression that I have a lot of clout over there. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of clout. Because then. Because then they're gonna then they're gonna take down the whole entire thing. Somebody, so I did a recent review on the Tianzi Piston Filler Fountain Pen, and someone mm-hmm. wrote in the comments something about Private Reserve, or was it on this video, or was it someone else? Because there's so many, something about Private Reserve. Ah, somebody. So Deadman 101 a day ago wrote, "Yikes! Dot dot dot. Private Reserve. Dot dot dot. He didn't actually write the words. Dot dot dot. It's just like period, period, period. Purveyors of mold." So I mean I've had private reserve for like the last year or so. I I don't I don't have any experience with mold. Was That was that was to... the reputation that was the reputation of like the previous iterations of private reserve. Right. I think though yeah. if there's going to be an issue with it it's not impossible because didn't Monteverde who's also who also is owned by Yaffa Brands that also owns private reserve didn't they have a mold issue recently? Like it's like within the last year or so or no? Uh, I mean, I think it happens to a lot of different ink brands, especially certain colors, I feel, are more apt to do this with. Like, the oranges and the reds particularly have, I feel like, ha- especially that weird, freaky thing that happens when you, like, see mold start to grow on a nib. Yeah, but is that mold or is that the fluid drying up and then the hard particles like the of the ink? Yeah, like, just coagulating you know what I'm saying? Is that actual mold? Because the color of it looks oh, okay. Mold Fair would be enough. a different I, color. I, yeah, no, I've seen I've seen mold on on some darker colors too. Now that you now that you mention it, um, but yeah, I I know so it does tend to happen with the oranges and the reds though. Mm-hmm. Like anything that's like that's like orange and red sometimes will happen with that. But when it comes to private reserve though, they did develop a reputation over the years for being you know, for having that mold issue and, you know, knowing how well Monteverde makes their inks and how well that Yaffa has, has developed a reputation for that brand. Uh, you know, I, I would feel that private reserve is in safe stewardship now mm. at the moment and that I wouldn't be worried so much about mold. And, and, you know, and, and from my perspective too, is that from a collector's perspective, who enjoys a lot of different fountain pen inks. I don't have that many bottles of ink 
because of not only the fact that I know I, I won't be able to go through all of them, but also due to the fact that, yeah, if I do decide to go on and one of them may have developed mold in it, you know, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I would rather have samples. Here's you know, what so I that's say. why I, I do the samples. You're the ink guy, and I say you test all these fucking bottles of ink. What you do is you take a full bottle, you pour it on your balls. If it stings, no good. It's the ball burn test. That's what I call it. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Say, where, where's your hypothesis? Is that the, the the ball stinging like means it's got bacteria in it or something? Or yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So like <laughs> I didn't it, realize that that bacteria stung the balls. It does. You should try. And and, then, and why why would you go for a sensitive piece of skin like the the scrotal sac there and 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 not just like do it on let's say like your arm or something that's a little bit less you know exposed to just because it would be funny for you to be pouring ink on your balls and then coming okay. back and telling us why and how how that experience went yeah and then I, I i wouldn't also be able to you know record any of that per se because that would just kind of be wrong no no you ways. you could it would just it probably won't go very far and you'll probably yeah. piss a lot of people off and you probably i will for probably sure get like fired. any social media account would probably get yeah it's shut down and and all that good stuff i'll tell you yeah. what though you definitely will make the news if you start pouring every bottle of ink that you have on your balls and film it you'll make the new you'll become I aim... you'll get so many tiktok views <laughs> really because, like, how many people just dump stuff on their sack on TikTok? Not a lot. So is this, and, like, a play on, like, will it blend or something? And it's just, it's like, will it burn the balls? Like, yes. you just I just start pouring random crap on my, no, no, on just, my groin? Just ink. Just ink. Just ink. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think your wife will come? Dude comes home. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this is interesting. I didn't know that they came out with this ink. I saw it. And... I saw it on Instagram earlier, and then I just decided before we sat down for this podcast, I decided to throw it up on the page. And then while I was on the page, I also noticed that they got some new Enduros, the Enduro Deco Crest Collection. Right, right. Seeing those, yeah. That's kind of cool, right? What do you think? Uh, you know, I've seen the Deco Crest Collection back before Yaffa had Conklin, and those were actually made, I'm pretty sure... Uh, I'm pretty sure that back in the day that they were actually made by Visconti, I want to say. the What? What do you mean? I, the older Deco Crest. So the older Deco Crest that Conklin had before Yaffa took over, they were made in Italy. And I believe yes, that the, they were. Wasn't it? Was it Visconti or was it Stipula? Oh, no, no. Stipula is the, is the Italian brand that makes Yaffa brands Italian pens now. And I think, yeah, mm -hmm. Visconti made the pens for Conklin back in the day, right? Before it was I'm the looking office. it up. Yeah, I think I think so. If if memory serves me correctly, cuz I cuz I I was I've been I've been in the industry so long as I remember the days before Conklin was owned by Yaffa and it was all it's it was independent and I knew the the owners of Conklin but I was like, "Oh damn, I'm Ro old. that was Rob Rosenberg, uh, <laughs> right?" Was Robin is uh, his father Harold and his father Harold had passed away, and then Rob, uh, you know, had the company before ending up selling it to to Yaffa, and uh, and and they did they did a, a pretty good job, I think, in bringing that that company from because it was basically the same thing as like Estabrook, where it was just like the the brand was 
it was gone. There was nothing but like a name left for it. Then they just took it and they ran with it, put some designs together, and then started to build up a following for it. You're and, talking about you know, Rob Rosenberg's Conklin before it was Yaffa Brands. Yeah. So yeah. wait that, a minute. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because Rob Rosenberg brought Conklin back and did a pretty decent job, right? Before he sold it to Yahoo Brands. What happened to Esterbrook? Didn't he bring back Esterbrook also and just drop the ball on that one hard? Uh, Esterbrook, uh, correct. Like He brought back Esterbrook the same way as with Conklin. Um, and what had happened was like that, that initial release of, let's say, the J-Pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, was done in a way that wasn't very like very true to the original models and a lot of people like including the andersons and and several other people from the community got their hands on these pens and were very were voicing especially since esterbrook had i mean conklin also does have a very vibrant uh used market where there's a lot of people looking for vintage conklin pens and but Esterbrook's one of those pens that you kind of gets you into vintage, kind of like a Lamy or a Pilot. Like the, the, you you get yourself, you get your teeth cut in vintage on like a J pen or a dollar pen, and that brand had a lot of like I think emotional connection. So when they saw these pens that were being labeled as J pens, but really were nothing quite close to it, and were voicing their displeasure at it, and then there was some open back and forth in the community between Rob and, and people of the community. And, wait, and it didn't wait. seem like it turned out that well. So Rob Rosenberg, he he brought back Esterbrook before Kenro Industries had it, before what it is now. Right. He right. brought back a pen that was called the J-Pen. And it right. sucked serious ass. And because it sucked serious ass, people who tasted said serious ass did not like ass and then said it was ass. Your, your words, not mine. Right. So... <laughs> That caused tension between Rob Rosenberg, that was the owner of Esterbrook, and a lot of the people who were expressing their dissatisfaction with the Esterbrook, people like the Andersons. Because I do remember seeing that video by, what's his name, Brian Anderson, on the Esterbrook J-Pen that was of yesteryear, though. It was like a, it was like a, a very thick, just ugly acrylic pen right Mm. and i do remember that and then i remember watching that video and brian anderson is literally like this is the j pen this is looks nothing like a j pen this this is just not a good pen that's what he said right oh yeah i never had one of those j pens in my hand but if it wasn't called the esterberg j pen would it still be a bad pen i mean it's Mm. an acrylic pen with a stainless steel nib right so because the design was so different and because it didn't harken back to the original J-Pen, I can understand why people are so upset about it, right? But my question to you, since you know about this pen, I never had one, was that Esterbrook J-Pen any worse than a Conklin Duragraph or a or a Laban Le Celebration? You know what I'm saying? It's an acrylic pen with a steel nib. How bad was it? Or was it simply I, bad you know, because I, of its lack of relationship with the old J-Pen? I think it was more. I think it was more of a reaction to that than than the actual like whether the the quality was that bad. You okay. know, it's, it, I mean, like I could I could probably I get the idea that it probably was somewhat on par with those other pens that you mentioned. I didn't actually get my hands on any of those older, 
you know ones that were made from that initial Estherbrook re revamp push, but they didn't seem like that they were going to be that they definitely are not like the ones that Estherbrook produces the, to this day are far above and beyond you know anything that was being produced previously uh you know in in like the early or yeah in the early 2010s you could say uh so but the just be the, very yeah. just be very clear about that because I don't want people to misinterpret what you're saying. What you're saying is the Esterbrook pens that are being made in today's generation of Esterbrook under Kenro ownership is way better than the previous ownership, but we're not saying it's way better than the vintage Esterbrook. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm trying to say. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get that. I, just, I mean, like vintage Esterbrook, I, I think for what it was, is that I mean, it's, that's why people still collect them. Is that they they're are, great pens. They're, yeah. Oh, and they and they stand the test of time, and you and think? I mean, that's going to be hard to beat because I mean, like any pens that are made these days, like you don't know, you don't you don't know a hundred percent if everything's going to hold up over an entire lifetime. You can just only hope that it does. You can kind of get an impression that yeah, sure, like I kind of see how it's engineered, and I see that. You know, there there are certain weak points in the in the design or whatever, or that the material seems like it's pretty strong. It's going to hold up, but like no one really knows until the tires hit the road. And like you're, you know, like an Estherbrook J Pen is now like eighty years old or ninety years old. Is like, oh well, it's still still kicking. I don't know, still man. I mean, way. listen, they're not selling condoms. Right. They don't degrade like acrylic acetate is acrylic acetate, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hold on a second. So I have I have also. I got this right here. This is the this is the current generation Esterbrook J pen. This is the first one that got launched. This is the red one. That's the JR, right? The JR, right. Excuse me. So I'm looking at this JR pen and everything about this pen tells me in 80 years it'll be here. And the reason why is simple. It's made of acrylic. The construction is strong. It's made of acrylic acetate. The furniture is made of stainless steel. The nib is stainless steel. There's nothing about this that is untested. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it's a new generation of pen, but it's not like it's a brand new material that we know nothing about. It might just suddenly dissolve in 80 years. Doubtful. You know what I'm saying? One of the reasons why I appreciate this Esterbrook JR pen so much is because it is a very modern take on a vintage pen, right? Mm -hmm. And... The vintage pen, yeah, had a sack. It was a sack filler. It was a total different generation. These guys, what they did with the Esterbrook JR pen is they modernized it. Did they change some things? Yes. Did it piss off a lot of vintage lovers? I'm sure it did. But it's kind of like they have one hand in the past and they have one hand in the future. Like Ryan, the weird beard, whatever his fucking name is, right? The weird beard and <laughs> yeah. carry. They take into account the history. They take into account the design and how it can apply to them, imply to modern pens with respect to the the history. And when you look at the J pen, in this one in particular, like I wasn't crazy mm-hmm. about the other colors. Like there was like the lemon one. The lemon one, I didn't appreciate as much, even though I love yellow. It just made me want to eat fucking lemon starbursts too much (laughs) but the red i like the red a lot and that's just my personal preference you know what i'm saying like i like the darker solid color in this case but they i think they do a great job with this one yeah with this one i I think that they've they've just punted the idea of being able to like resurrect the brand exactly as people like feel the vintage brand was 
So it's kind of like, hey, we know we can't compete with that. So let's just move on and do like our modern interpretation of it. Because I because that's essentially what it is anyway. It's not like they have any besides being a you know, based on a company that sells pens, it's not like they have any personal ties or deep cultural connections with the the previous Estabrook brand. It's like they just know their way around a good pen. Right. So and exactly. But you know I also wonder this though. Like let's say Kenra went, they got their Estabrook brand and they're gonna be like, hey, you know what? Let's just launch the Estabrook J pen exactly as it was in the past. But let's use modern mm. machines to make it and use modern materials. So they just made a replica. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, n- everybody wouldn't be happy. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of no. like you can't like you can't make everybody happy. They can they can no. do a remake. You know, a reborn version of the JR. Nobody, everybody's going to be oh this is great, and the other half is going to be like oh it's not exactly what it was in 1950. You know what I'm saying? Now, if they no, do... Just, just like we, we know this from every single remake movie that's out there, and especially be, me being a Star Wars fan and knowing the reaction that people had to the new movies or anything that new that comes out with Star Wars, you know, that it always gets scrutinized and compared against the original source material. Right. So you're never going to make anybody completely happy, but you could always make strides into doing what you what needs to be done to you know build something of value right. out there for people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if they tried to make everybody happy, they would fail at making anyone happy. That's what I say. Right. But what I think I appreciate what I'm trying to say is instead of just trying to make everybody happy, they make strong decisions and creative intentional decisions and people who are happy are really happy and people who aren't happy well, they're just not going to buy the pen. But they seem to be doing well. They seem to have made a lot of people happy because they keep coming out with more colors, and those colors keep selling, right? I think so. And it's not only just the pens too. Like the, we, the, I, I've seen a lot of those B page holders. You know the the ones that are yeah. the Estabrook B. Yeah, freaks me the out. The patience, the tortoise, those little those little cute you know accessory type of things. It's been really uh, been very interesting to see it kind of grow as a a lifestyle type of brand. Yeah, that you know, it's not just about pens. It's could it could be about the experience of writing and being organized and you know stationary and stuff like that. They could they could certainly give I think a lot of those all in one you know lifestyle brands a I run for their money. I definitely agree with it, and their the vision that they had that Brian. Hulser was talking about I'm starting to see what he was talking about. like he talked about this a year and a half two years ago what direction they're trying to go they're not just doing just pens but they're going into the direction of they want they want you to express your layout they want you to express your like your desktop not your desktop as in terms of the computer but like when you sit down at your writing station they want it to have a theme they want you to create a theme you know, so I do think even though the B book holder freaks me out, I think that's a great addition. Those tortoise, first of all, they're calling it a tortoise. It's not a tortoise. I don't care what anybody says. That is a sea turtle. It's a sea turtle pen holder, right? It's actually an ashtray. Yeah. It's not a pen holder. It's an ashtray. <laughs> but you know what? They take an ashtray, which promotes bad for you smoking, and they turn it into something good. So whatever. You know, it's a nice turtle not turtle, but it's a sea turtle. I mean, not tortoise. It's a sea turtle. It's it's cute. You put pens on it. It works. I like it. it. And on top of that, it gives your writing area 
character and I like what they're doing with that. They're coming out with other stuff, like stupid little things that maybe you would never buy on Amazon, right? So like you're like, oh, listen, I'm just shopping for pens and stuff. Let me go to goldspot.com and under the Estherbrook session, you're seeing all these other toys and you're going to be like, oh, let me, you know what? Let me pick one of those up because it's there. Right, but no one's actually going to Amazon. Oh, I need one of these fucking sea turtle ashtrays so I can use it as a pen holder. Right, no one's doing that. But it's one of those things that people will throw in their cart while shopping for pens because it's kind of like accessories that flourishes and it flourishes, flourishes and embellishes your writing desk. You know what I'm saying? So I think that yeah. direction is really cool. I like it. It's. It's very fun. I think Esterbrook is one of the few brands that's actually doing that. Like, yes, their pens are what they want to sell and everything like that, but they're investing so much in in the pens by investing in things that aren't the pens. Does that make yeah. any sense at all? Yeah, I mean, even in their like their booth at the trade shows, at the at the pen shows, and just the the amount that they invest in like the the development of a of a community around the brand, all the different influencers and mm -hmm. they, they really know, I think what they're doing in terms of just building this up from, from the ground up and, and creating a, a mystique around Estabrook. You know what, and, you know uh, what, in the various, components. what impresses me though, they're not in a hurry either. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to the Kenro industries and they were talking a couple years ago. I did an interview. Remember I did that game show with them and stuff like yeah. that. They were talking about this, and back then, and it's brick by brick, it's starting to become a building. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. like, they're not in a hurry. They're taking their time. They have, they know what they're doing. They're smart about it. So I respect that. Now that's the good yeah. things that I say about bad things about the JR. Pick <laughs> a number of fucking cap rotations, please, because like, one color will have five thousand fucking cap rotations to get the cap off. Other one will be two. Two is perfect. The first line of JRs, it's two rotations, fine, beautiful, good. The next color came out as like four or 12. It's ridiculous. Just pick a number, <laughs> stick to it. For the love of God, please just stick to it. And it's a pocket It's a pocket pen, so a being quick draw is a, is a feature that would best suit a pocket pen, just so it should have less rotations. I mean, I, listen, somebody was smart saying on my YouTube channel, two rotations – sounds like it would be too much and i didn't complain about it i like two rotations because it's two rotations is just enough i like i like one that's it one yeah now one is not enough Done. one is not enough one is one is good i like two one's good for me i like two no i'll go with one and a half i'll let you know what we'll compromise one and a half okay you know i'll deal with that yeah i one, can deal with that i can do with i can do one and a half but mm -hmm. for real man you guys at kenro please esterbrook too many rotations on the JR. Too many. Get that get that fixed, please. And how much is the JR? Look up the price. Look it up. Look it up. So you can find it faster. Right. You're you're definitely gonna type it out faster than me. 140. 140. So as much it's as a sale I, price. How much is how much is a sailor a sailor, the cheapest sailor gold nib pen? Uh, let's see, just with a standard 14 carat yeah. nib. Um, well, they go for as low 
as two hundred. Well, then disregard my uh, point. Sale price. My my gripe was one forty seems a little high for a pocket JR pen. For me, mm-hmm. it's a steel nib, but it's acrylic at the same time. I mean, you know. I guess it could go either way. For some reason, I had it in my head that one of the Japanese brands had a 14-karat gold nib pen that was $140, $150. Well, Custom Custom 74 comes in at $160 with, on sale. Right. So it's like for 20 bucks more, you're getting a – but they're totally different wheelhouses. You know what I'm saying? Completely and totally. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're comparable. you have one that's like solid acrylic. It's you know, and then you have the the Pilot Custom seventy four. It's got a it's got a nice fourteen karat gold nib, but it's injection know, they, molded. They, all that it's an injection molded translucent resin that you know, like at the end of the day, when you when you hold one of the when you hold both of them in the hands and you feel that the 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 weightiness of the acrylic and like the solidness of it and you and the beauty of it too. It does seem like a bit more of a premium look and feel over the Custom Seventy Four, which basically kind of has that that Twisby esque look of like a clear demonstrator that's t- that's tinted. Definitely you know? true. Yeah, there is definitely a premium feel to the JR pen. A hundred percent, there is a premium feel to it. It it does feel like something that costs as much as it does, but it just seems it. So how for how small it is, it just seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One hundred. You know what's you know what seems like even more is that if you look at some of the Kaveco all uh, the art sports mm-hmm. that are uh, made of acrylic, because like some of them are solid, just solid color acrylic. They're not even marbled, and those will be. And you go from like an injection molded plastic Kaveco uh, sport, which could be twenty five, twenty seven dollars, and then you have the acrylic one. It's like 150. 150? What are you out of your mind? Yeah. It was 185. Yeah, it was it's up, it was up there. I yeah, remember. It yeah. was almost two hundred dollars. And it felt super light. Like the JR pen in its defense does not feel super light. It doesn't there's nothing dinky about how this feels. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it feels way heavier than an acrylic pen this size should. For me, it's a little too thin. I think it's a little too thin. I think the sh- the section for my preferences is also a little too small. You think so? But but I get it. It's like vintage style, and vintage yeah. style is tends to be a little bit undersized for modern, I guess, hands. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, just, this is this is a JR like people look at it. They're like, that's not a JR. Pe- that's not a J pen. No shit, it's not a J pen. It's a JR pen, and it has its own identity, but it has roots in the original j pen i mean it's just it's very different but at the same time in my opinion it's also very similar mm-hmm. it's just i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on the jr pen because i definitely like the jr pen but for 140 dollars, you could save money you can just buy a vintage j pen at fountain pen hospital for like 70 bucks or independence for like 80 bucks or something like that restored and they're like new and it is an actual J pen. So who yeah. would want the new JR pen? People who are into the vintage Esterbrook or people who are just into new fountain pens and want to try something new? See, but that's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. What's brilliant about the guys at Esterbrook is this. I guess it could go both ways, right? Because people who have Esterbrook vintage pens buy this and they like it. Like They'll be like, oh, this is cool. Now they have both. And then there are people who'd never had an Esterbrook j pen and buy this pen and they like it because it's just cute and it's a new pen right you know what i'm saying i think that's that's the they're they're playing to the audience the audience just wants a nice pen 
right. I think. And and I mean, like if you were to play to if you were to make pens specifically for people who like vintage Estabrook pens and want to, you know, appease them in, in ways that like would, you know, make it so that you're hamstrung as to what you could do as a business, then you're you're not opening yourself up to the potentials that are out there in terms yeah. of making and not, fountain pens a bigger and thing. And not just that, there's going to be too many people. Like, let's say they only appealed to like like I said before to the vintage people. First of all, the vintage people don't account for the larger majority of fountain pen buyers. Not saying that they don't represent fountain pen buyers. I'm saying that if mm-hmm. it's not as large, right? So then, of those vintage people, a lot of them are going to be unhappy. So it's almost like a subgroup within a subgroup. And that's not enough for the company to be sustainable when it comes to right. profits and margin. Yeah, and this co- like this that. this industry, this the the fountain pen realm has a lot of like little sub areas. And one of them certainly is as well, like the whole flexitive discussion. People are always like, it's like, oh, you know, we want like, you know, why don't they ever make like a modern flex that's going to be like the vintage flex and like they should just engineer and, and make a a nib that will be flexible and stuff. And why is it so hard? And why does it, uh, and, and the thing is, is though, like people might, you know, like a manufacturer may go for that, but there's so much investment in the tooling involved and everything. And then at the same time, it's like, you're going to be able to put it in the hands that of people that don't really know how to use it. And then you've got sprung nibs because like, yeah, any, any pen could be a flex pen. You press it, you press hard enough. You can make a, uh, you know, a Yovo number six nib, a flex nib, but then it's going to only flex one time. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. Well, you know, so, also what I think that people a lot of times don't consider is the fact that a lot of these wet noodle vintage flex nibs that everybody craves so much, well, people in the flex nib world crave so much, they were all made before the Industrial Revolution. So you had one person sitting there working on one nib, making one nib, and making one feed for that one nib, and making that pen. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't the Industrial Revolution like in the 1800s or something like that? I might be wrong. I'm thinking I might be thinking of the wrong thing. Hold on. Maybe maybe you're thinking like uh, interchangeable parts and mass production, like thinking. You're, that, you're that right. Sort of I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking of mass production, not the Industrial Revolution. Industrial Revolution yeah. was eight. 1820 to 1840 but what i'm talking about is the pens were made back then were made one out of one and sold mm -hmm. so you would go into a a workshop where a guy made a pen and in he made that one pen he didn't have a company pumping them out like they do now they weren't mass produced so those types of wet noodle pens can be made and they are but they're made by a person. They're highly customized, and they're not cheap either. So, for example, Linda Kennedy at Independence, she makes wet noodle nibs, the gold nib that I sent to you, remember? And she mm-hmm. customizes feeds for it too so that it writes like a goddamn wet noodle savage, and it works, but they're not cheap. I don't know what how the cost is, versus what it was back then in ratio you know what i'm saying like back then it was like a wet noodle pen in 1910 was like 10 cents i don't know what that meant to them back then is it the same as like a 600 oh no it's, you know if you look at the if you look at the dollars then and then translate what they were back then it, it like even though you would look at a 
a price list or or like an advertisement and see like oh Schaefer pens for for Christmas and then you'd see like the ad and it would say like oh this this model here is only one dollar and then this one's like three but you don't realize that when you're talking about like the 1920s that that was let's say I I I don't know exactly but like I looked it up once or twice and I'm like oh wow that's a lot of money like they would still be talking like in today's dollars would still be like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Right. You know, it's but that's still cheaper it would, though. It would still be pretty it's still cheaper though because two hundred dollars for a full flex nib doesn't exist today unless you're yeah. talking about But you know what it was a good point that I think Matt Armstrong made in one of his uh his his posts about flex nibs was that um the the co- the composition of gold, the alloy over decades of just kind of just sitting there or being used or not used or whatever just just sitting in its configuration those those atoms that were just sitting there can can over time possibly become more elastic and that's the reason why you see just a lot of older pens be wet flex nibs wet noodles how but do, like but, but like, how do we so how ones, do we know that though how do we know that i don't know that's that's the thing it's like we, we don't know because no one decided to let's say do a an amazing youtube video where they like taped themselves writing with a pen in 1920 and then 1930 and in 1940 50 right. 60 70 and seeing like how flexible the nib could get over the decades like I mean, most of the pens that i don't even think that would be necessary i think you would just need some kind of chemical analysis or you know analysis of the metal of 14 karat gold then and compare it to what it is now how they make mm. 14 karat gold and stuff like that I think that's what they would need to do. Yeah. But has anybody Plus done another that? thing too is that the the alloys could be completely different because 14 karat gold is only 58.5% gold. Really? Whatever that other part is, I it's I I don't know what what they could put in that. Usually they put like a certain composition of other metals in there, but it's not gold. So, you know, it, they could be they the mix of what 14 karat gold was back in the day could be a lot different than what 14 karat gold is now. Yeah. And I mean, if, you know, if, if modern times serve as any sort of indication of whether, you know, people start to cheap out on putting other materials in and just to call it 14 karat gold. Yeah. There's probably going to be a lack of, uh, you know, quality being put into the modern product versus the, the stuff way back in the day. Sure. So. Sure. I'm sure there is, but I want to know if that's the case for sure like we can't yeah we won't know we're just making we're just guessing like oh we're maybe just it yeah, is. you know what making I'm a lot of making a lot of uh assumptions here but if there's a scientist who was willing to test all of these theories out and and run a a, a nib through some sort of like spectrometer or something i'm that sure there is analyze the we just got to send the him atomic the contents yeah, we got to send them the nibs. Yeah, I'm not doing that. So you could do it. I'm not going to send him a no, vintage. You do it. No, <laughs> here, sir. Here's you, you melt down this perfectly good. Here's my here's my priceless <laughs> here's my priceless Conklin Ultra Wet Flexi nib. Yeah, no, we're not. I'm not doing that. Somebody should, but not me. Right. So we got so we got uh, some emails to go through. We got to. Okay. I think we should tackle some of these guys here. I think here. let's let's do it, man. Let's go to inboxes. Let me go to the Pentertainment Podcast inbox. Yeah, we got we got a we got a follow up from a, a uh, from the 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 person that we we talked about uh, the the I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to talk right now. Um, but like with a conversation that we had about like picking a pen between the Pelican, the Lamy 2000, and the Pilot Custom 74. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and then he uh, so so uh, I I think it was Jacob, right? Yeah. Let's say I'm Jacob trying to remember if he wanted us to say his name or not. Uh, uh, all right, it doesn't say anything. All right, but we're not going to go last names. Okay. So, all right. Hi, Penboy yeah. Roy and Tom. I've listened to my now favorite episode of Pentertainment Podcast of all time, which is episode number 106. That was a good episode. Because you guys took some of your time to help giving help giving me advice on my next pen purchase. A good 10 minutes on air on the podcast. Really appreciate it and felt thrilled while listening. That's what we're about. We're about giving you guys thrills, cheap thrills, because it doesn't cost anything. Thanks for both of you. <laughs> thank, thanks for both of your discussion, which ultimately landed on the Pilot Custom 74. Yes, you guys assume correct that I appreciate more on the smoother type of writing. Also prefer a broader side of things, i.e. medium or broad rather than extra fine or fine. I've read and watched quite a lot of reviews on this pen, and now I've to reread and rewatch all of them to freshen up my memory on that so i type in youtube search so he's searching for penboy roy pilot review of the custom 74 it does not exist and the reason why is because i did not review the m the pilot custom 74 and i also did not review the pelican m200 slash m205 shame there is a review of the m1000 and the m800 and the m120 how can I make my purchasing decision without PBR telling me to pull the trigger or not? Good question. Very valid question. <laughs> very, very valid. I, I understand where he feels, how he feels slighted. I do apologize. So I'm looking forward to your review on those pens. Wink, wink. Okay, I'll take both of you two's advices and take some more time to think about this. When I finally got the pen, maybe I'll, when I finally get the pen, maybe I'll write snail mail to you. I'd love that. Also, with regards to the Pelicans' jacked-up prices in the U.S., my region is not affected by the price disparity happening in the U.S. Okay, so then he talks about where he is and, and what he, he what he pays for. He could get, yeah. yeah, he gets he gets a pretty good price on a M two hundred. So that for just sure. brought something else up again. We're supposed to have Gary Lang on the show again. He agreed to do it, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen any change in the market and comes to the pricing of pelican pens yet mm -hmm. and you would be able to tell me more accurately has there been anything i mean as far as anything new from pelican at all yeah in terms of really price hasn't been no okay. hasn't been anything so like we haven't been told of any price updates or any or any new product like we have no idea what's coming out in 2022 or what well, except for the ink of the year, the Edelstein ink of the year. Okay, so that's, it seems to me it. last time I had him on the show was last year, around this time last year. He said he's going to make things happen. Then I spoke. I was to him on again. vacation yes. at a water park, right? Sliding, yeah. Then I had. Then I spoke to him again several months ago. I think it was October, September, or October, and he said I talked to him about being on the show in November. And Gary Lang, he was like, you know. Can you give me till January? So here I am in January. I got to reach out. We're in February right now. We got to reach out. Mm -hmm. But yeah. seeing as nothing has happened, he may not want to be on the show. We'll <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll give him another month. <laughs> no. What 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 is one month going to do if in a year he's made no progress? But I want to know. I don't know. I I know for a fact a lot of stuff has been delayed from Pelican in Germany. So I, you know, mm. it, it doesn't. I think things are kind of in flux right now. They're not. They don't have all of their ducks in the row. Like at least, I, and I know that's sure. not going to be much of an excuse for, the you know, just having things still remain the way that they are. But right. you know, I, I think that they're just having a problem, which is, I mean, like, look, 
Golden Barrel, the fountain pen, it was a 2021 special edition, and that didn't come until January of this year. <laughs> so that just tells you how, how far back things are. Yeah. That's usually something that you would see it, that you would have seen like in, let's say, October, November, and they're months behind on that. Sure. So. Now, listen, not for nothing, though, in Gary Lang's defense, he inherited that job and everything that came with it, including all its problems. So it's not all on him. You know what I'm saying? But he did say right. he was going to be on the show and no one was holding a gun to his head about that. And if he's got to keep his word on that, because if he can't keep his word about being on a podcast, what can he keep his word on? Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get him. Let's get him on the show. Anyway, Jacob, thanks for, thanks for the follow-up. Is there another one that you wanted to read? Any questions? Sure. Sure. Uh, we had Sophie, I think I could say Sophia. Yes. Okay. Well, double check uh, so before s- you say it. Sorry. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Sophia writes, hi, I recently found your podcast and I'm enjoying it so far. I've always had a minor pen obsession. My mom hated taking me back to school shopping because I would want more pens than I could use. That was totally me too. I have a Levenger fountain pen I was given as a gift and a waterman somewhere. But I also have a Namiki vanishing point pen. Pictures attached. I think someone left it in a store I was working in and the manager asked if I wanted it. I was hoping you could tell me, one, the best way to clean the nib. Two, what type of ink would work best with this pen. And three, Best place to find a refillable cartridge. Thank you in advance for any guidance you can provide. Well, one, so, I don't know if that's a vanishing point. I think I'm looking at a decimal. I am looking at, actually, that is a faceted vanishing point. Oh, it is, wow. It is from Namiki. It's <gasps> it's a re, it's an older one. That is, you know what? Um, so, Sophia, yeah, what you got there is, is toxic. It's made of nuclear technology. Just send that over my way, and I'll make sure I dispose of it properly. You don't want that in your house. <laughs> right he's he's meaning that it's very valuable and that's, it's a great find i mean that's amazing that yeah. it was just left somewhere in a store and the manager just was like hey would you like this pen that has a gold nib and is probably you know worth a lot you know it's like yeah it's just, and that, that's amazing that shit so. is vintage that shit is vintage but just all right so we're looking at the picture she disassembled it so the nib unit mm-hmm. is on the page the the back end the front end of the Thing is unscrewed and then with the, with the push button yeah yeah the and, front end and then the clip there's that little that little tube so if you that tube just so you know is what you use with ink cartridges and those ink cartridges they're available anywhere you can buy them at any pen store you can buy them on amazon hopefully you'll make sure you buy them at, well they're at, they're specifically at, the pilot right yeah they're the pilot proprietary ink cartridges but if you're going to buy those cartridges like i said you can buy them anywhere you put it into the nib unit and then you put that little middle sleeve cap on it so that way it extends the length so that way when you click the pen the nib comes out enough now you can buy those like i said you can buy those anywhere but hopefully use coupon code roy at checkout at goldspot.com and make your purchases there because they're sponsors of the podcast just you know Hint, hint. Anyway, shameless. But just plug. make sure too that that uh, that do not dispose of that cartridge cap because that is very valuable. I mean, you could buy replacements of those too, but that is a that is a valuable piece of the entire uh, apparatus there that you couldn't you know you wouldn't be able to use it otherwise. Yeah, and I actually, when it comes to the vanishing point, if you watch my vanishing point review, I actually do think it's actually better to use cartridges, and the reason why is because if you're using the Con Forty or the Con Fifty, first of all, Con Forty and Con Fifty, they both suck. 
right? So like if I had to terrible converters. yes, terrible converters. If I needed like a tubular thin object to unconstipate a cat, I would probably use the con 40 or con 50 somehow. <laughs> if I didn't have anything else, like if I only had a pencil and the con 40 or 50, but because whenever you screw the push button end on, when you're closing it, it's fine. But let's say you don't completely empty the converter writing and you unscrew the cap, uh, the push button cap section. The pressure of the push button against the bottom end of the converter will turn the converter knob a little bit and you'll get ink kind of oozing out of the nib unit into the front end of the pen. Yeah, I talk about it in my review. You can check that out at Penboy Roy Fountain Pen Review Channel on YouTube. So... Like I said, I do think that cartridges are better. If you want to use your own inks, then get yourself a crackhead syringe and then fill the syringe and squirt it into your cartridge. That's the best way to do it. You can clean out the cartridge that way too. And that's right. And then you can use any ink you want. Mm-hmm. What do you want to tell and her? The, and the, the best way to clean the nib is just basically all you have to do is just take the, the nib part without the cartridge cap and just rinse it underwater. And if it's still if it's got a lot of gunkiness in it, you could always just I I, I will let's say fill up a cup with water, and um, put the nib in there, and then hit it with like a couple of squirts of Windex. And that tends to break up the, or or, or you could, if you have an ultrasonic cleaner, then throw it in there. But I mean most people don't unless they have like jewelry that they clean and other nibs and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it should, it should probably be fine with just rinsing it out and just rinse it out until no more ink comes out of the pen. If the water's coming out clean, it should be clean, should be ready for a new cartridge and just pop one in, put the cartridge cap back on. Like Roy said, throw it in the pen, should be fine. So, and I mean, basically you would be looking for Namiki Pilot proprietary ink cartridges. They come in a bunch of different colors. And like Roy said, you could go crackhead with the syringe and fill it, re- refill it up with fountain pen ink if you want to with bottled ink, um, or you could get the confounded Con40 converter, which I mean is not the greatest converter to use with bottled ink for any pen, but um, that's your basically your only option to fill it with a bottled ink other than refilling the cartridges with a syringe. So yeah, you certainly cannot yeah. use the Con70 because the Con70 is a push button mechanism filling the converter wise so if you push that it's not going to fit number one and even if it did the push button mechanism on the pen will push the converter you'll just have an inky mess so there's that and we also have another question right yeah we have uh stan i have to i I scan i'm scanning to see if i could we could mention the name i don't see that we can't so uh so how about terry's email holy grail so I, you want me to read the it? The subject is Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Oh, Holy Grail. Enjoy the podcast. Everything from pens to fish talk. Always looking forward to new episodes. However, I do have a question for you guys. No, I am not looking for a Holy Grail, for they don't exist in my mind. But I am looking for an EDC, which stands for Everyday Carry, but a more nice EDC than my Twisby Go. A few things I would like to take into consideration. Here we go. An eight-point checklist. I teach high school art, and on occasion, my students want to try it out. I do about 50% writing and 50% drawing with it. I hate cleaning the pen, but will usually be filled with the same ink or color. 
need to be durable because it will be an EDC for someone who likes to hike and enjoy wandering around in a city. Prefer a large capacity eyedropper piston vacuum filling pen. Budget, I currently uh, reside in China, so Japanese and German pens are easiest to acquire at a reasonable cost, but if the right pen comes along, I will make a purchase overseas. You get pen BBS and Twisby pretty easily as well, but I'm kind of bored with them. Twisby 580AL has been my ride or die for many years. Seven, I don't want a boring pen. I've considered a Bennu. Eight, I usually like a fine nib. Uh, so, and then budget. It, it, it's it's interesting that budget was mentioned because budget is kind of large in this case. It's a four hundred to six hundred dollar mm-hmm. budget. Um, so I, you know, and then seeing Pen BBS and Twisby being thrown around, I'm like, oh well, you know, that's kind of like in the you know sub seventy five dollar category. But um, but this is a quite a significant uh pen that we're talking here i mean also too mentioning grail um but it's not a grail but it kind of is for some people i guess but not particularly for terry um so what what comes to mind after looking at all these qualifications well for me one of the things that he was talking about that is very important and this changes had this had number four not been there it would change the conversation entirely but number four being it needs to be durable because it will be an everyday carry for someone that likes to hike and enjoy wandering around the city that's a huge one because in that case that eliminates a lot of things that i would have otherwise said anything made of acrylic to me if he's looking for a durable is no longer a go right so if he's looking for durable then then i want to talk about american pens i'm talking Karis customs I'm talking like brass pens or copper pens. I would say the Keras Custom Ink. Now, it's not a piston filler, but I think that if I had to sacrifice it being a large capacity piston or vacuum filler for the pen being durable, I would. I wouldn't sacrifice it being durable in place of having a large capacity. You know what I'm saying? So do you can you think of any metal pens all metal pens that are eyedropper or piston or vacuum fillers i can't think of any uh well there was what we mentioned uh talking about the manager the walden manager last week so being it's that's that i was thinking the manager also because i love the manager it's with a gold nib it's 540 bucks but you also have that ink window section that takes away the durability part so you got to understand when you have a metal pen that has a plastic clear ink window you got to think about that guy's shin that always snaps in half, right? So, no, but listen to what I'm saying. You you get the- that pen gets kicked right in this in that one weak point. Right. It's like the whole entire. It's like it's like in Star Wars where you shoot the proton torpedoes right into the so into the exhaust port. What I'm what I'm talking about is like these guys who have these Muay Thai guys or MMA guys who keep getting their shin snapped in half. It's because the shin goes undergoes so much abuse. You get all these micro fractures in the shin that calcifies and it gets really hard and then the spot between the calcified shin bone that isn't as hard as the rest of the calcified bone snaps so that's what i'm talking about this pen will turn into anderson silva's shin on you know snapping in half if there's pressure i wish i had like a stalk of celery i would do like that asmr thing where you're right like, or like, a, like or like be... or like a human shin bone that would be the perfect yeah right so but that's what i'm saying like i that's why i don't want to say the manager because durability of all these things i think are is the most important or the thing you have to consider the most because if you don't consider it everything else doesn't matter 
You know what I'm saying? If it's yeah, that, but I think at that point, then you're pretty much stuck with a a cartridge converter type of pen. That's my point. I can't really think of any solid brass or copper pen that would be like an EDC pen that would be like a piston high capacity sort right. of deal. So with what I'm talking about, if you went Keras Custom, I like the Keras Custom ink. It looks mm-hmm. very. It's a machine pen. The thing is made out of brass it could be made out of copper it's a beast and it's only going to run you a couple hundred bucks you can get a gold nib on it. it's going to add about 150 bucks to it about i don't have the numbers in front of me but i would go with a Keras custom ink i like it i'm sure there's other brands there's this there's this guy ben ben walsh designs have you heard of that what's his name yeah uh gravitas gravitas this dude. I gotta got, check that. I gotta check that out. Yeah, really. I gotta check out those pens too. I feel like I'm behind on this. He's all because, the way. I mean, especially looking at some of the wild designs with like the Skittles pens and the yeah and the crazy laser engraved ones too. I'm just like, ooh, those look nice. Yeah. And the fact that they're like machined out of metal and so, yeah, they they they're nice. Yeah. He actually messaged me Very the nice. other day. I can't remember what it was that he was messaging on. I can't check on my phone right now because if I do, I'll. I'll fuck, I'm afraid I'll fuck up the call, but he said something funny, and I wanted to read it, too, to everybody. But, yeah, Gravitas pen. People should check out Gravitas pens, too. Those are pretty cool. They yeah. look really, really um, cool. Another one to take a look at, too, just, I mean, if if maybe Pocketable might be, you know, might be more of a priority here uh, would be to take a look at, like, the Caveco Sport in the, the like, there's the, the All Sport, which is the aluminum, or you have a Brass Sport. Um, that they're a little bit more hardy. They're they're cartridge, or you could get like the little slide converter type of thing. So that so really the ink capacity is going to be very minimal. But this is very much like it, it like totally geared towards that EDC mindset where it's like pocket, take it with you. It could take a beating and it will still write nicely. So. Yeah. So I mean, if you gotta have an everyday carry, that I'm sorry, if you gotta have a large capacity piston vacuum eyedropper etc then you're going to lose out on its dirt on the durability so it's either it's one or the other but it's not both so that's a mm-hmm. tough one to answer but like i said if you can sacrifice the large capacity then i go for a brass pen you're using it for drawing you know you can any there's so many different brass pens out there and they'll come in in a couple hundred bucks so you could go that route, but the durability thing, like I said to me, like I said, it has that to me in my eyes that has to be fulfilled before everything else, right? Because he's going, this dude's going hiking and shit like that. Yeah. So if the durability also mentioned, he mentioned too about uh, Japanese and German pens are the easiest to uh, find at a reasonable cost. So that would be Kaveco, um, and also uh, looking at Pilot as well. If if a vacuum fill type of pen the the 823 is one of the the most solid recommendations i could usually make for people when it comes to a vacuum fill that Mm -hmm. will be extremely satisfying to write with um so you know like i think either of those two are pretty solid in that uh in that regard and they make some pretty good fine nibs yeah you know what i was thinking about also the sterling silver pilot pens those pilot pens that are sterling silver Remember we were talking about that? Right. But then again, like I said, we're going with the durability. It's sterling silver, but it's still metal, but we're losing out on the vacuum and the piston feeling. So Yeah. And like I said, it's one or the other and it can't be both. I can't think of anything that that's both. I would be scared about number one, teaching 
you know, and, and then letting students try it out. This guy that, that kind of scares not me. for nothing. This guy's a good guy because if I had a pen yeah. and someone's like, you know, oh, I want to try it, but then you can go buy your own. Okay, now go to detention, you fuck. Don't touch my pen. That's how I would approach that that shit right there. I would, I would, I would have to kind of you kind of have to like scout out the talent in the room. So if you're if you're if you're teaching art and you see like they you see your student and the student like lays out their instruments on the on the, the desk and is very neat and orderly about it and then you just see the delicacy that's being taken with constructing the piece of artwork mm-hmm. it's like that would be the type of person to be like hey you know what about would you have you ever considered using a fountain pen for your artwork why don't you try mine that's worth like 400 to 600 dollars not the one that's just like you know, slop and paint against the wall mm-hmm. and just has no apparent, like, lighting shit on fire. Like, you, you know, you want to make sure you kind of, like, read the room and be like, you know what? I think that one is going to not destroy my pre- my, my very nice pen that I've bought for myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally feel you. But So, I mean, yeah. listen, yeah, like I said, my vote is for a metal pen that's pretty solid. If you want something with more elegance, I say go for the pilot the sterling silver collection if you don't want elegance and stuff like that and you want metal then i say go for the the first thing that comes to the top of my head is the karis customs ink and then i'm sure there's others oh and all saw the gravitas check out the gravitas those look modern they look sleek i like those so you can yeah if uh if ben uh is sending pens to you how about how about sending one my way too? this dude's not sending me pens i'm not you know i didn't uh, i'm just <laughs> Ben, Ben, you. Gotta... Hey, I gotta ask for something every once in a while for you. You're always asking me for stuff. No, if you got if you got inroads with Ben, I want one. You can you can <laughs> ask Ben to send me a pen for me, but how's that? You know what I'm saying? How's that? But listen, this is a guy who, you know, he's. Let's go to Instagram and check it out. I'm not gonna ask him for a pen. I'll buy a pen from him. You know, if I, I'm not gonna. Mm. Well, I didn't know if you were in talks with like it's like oh yeah send you uh send you this one that one to take a review or whatever I didn't know if you you know what their status was on that but if you were if he was sending you some pens how about uh, kicking one my way um, I can give you a review. you know actually you can review it on the podcast hold on I'll I'll read you the message look I'll read you the message dude I've been pumping out the reviews on a weekly basis did you notice that I got where's where's the new one this week it's going to be on Wednesday or Thursday. Oh. Yeah, I'm really – so, yeah, Ben Walsh. So, I, hold on. Let me read this message he sent me. Okay. I would be glad to send you pens but not Tom. Oh, so there's the answer there. <laughs> Tom is a dork. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not true. He didn't write that. He, he wrote something about – over here in Ireland, we have many slang terms for a penis, such as langer, knob, and one of the more common ones, flute. <laughs> So when you said I have a sterling silver flute that I need to keep polishing, crippled laughing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's ranked number two on a list. And he sent me a link of all the ways to call a dick in Ireland. Nice. And flute is number number two. So – Ooh, ooh, just just one more uh, to to round back to our question, uh, Terry's question about. I just want to add another pen in there that I did. I just completely blanked out about was the Caveco Supra. So so we so with that that issue about like the miniature minuscule capacity size of the sport, the Supra takes the standard size converter, 
and and also can be fine-tuned to the size that you want it to because it's got the three-part section to it. Mm-hmm. And that comes in brass or stainless steel and also a really cool-looking fire blue, which is the hand-torched uh, version as well. Mm-hmm. So that 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 would just be my last one. I think I like I like your suggestion of the, the Karis Custom as well. I mean, I think that's a little bit uh, more exotic. And I think that since also, too, is that he's just used to, you know, the, the other thing. I think that feels a little bit more in line with what he was thinking of. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so, uh, but was, there was another one also. Um, let's try to see here. Uh, so, I, I liked how. Um, okay, I was just reading the, uh, the the PPSs and stuff like that. So, uh, there was one. There was one respondent uh, about your your. There was actually two different emails about. Did the, you say respondent? What are we on a fucking people's court? Respondent. <laughs> so so there was so there was Judge Judy. So there was two emails about your about your your journey uh, for your exam. Okay. And, uh, and talking about your reward pen. Right. And one of them was in response to the fact that you know. Just let me stop. You let me get let me pen. let me stop you because I know what you're talking about. But this person explicitly asks not to say his name, so just be careful with that. I. I know I didn't say it. I didn't say I didn't say the name. Okay, but I, you nope, might have almost no, you didn't. But I'm just afraid that no, you might have. Didn't, so, then at all, it's the one that starts nope. with gentlemen, especially Roy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So no names here. Okay. So should you get should you get a new pen to start your studies with? No, this person says you get the pen after you pass your exam. So no, think of it no, as motivation to pass. No names, but I do appreciate Kevin's t- take on this. I'm just kidding. His name's not Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> His name is not Kevin. I mean, I'm not going to read the name. I mean, but yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. it is motivation to pass and a reward for hard work. Yeah, and you know what? I I will be willing to go on the podcast and say this: you pass your exam, I will buy you a pen. Then you can be buying me a pen because you know how I get when I, I have my heart set on something. I will I will I will personally buy you your pen. All right, because it's a, it'll be it'll be a very major accomplishment. Well, and I want to I want to celebrate it with you. Well, thanks. I'll send you a link to the Namiki cat, <laughs> <laughs> the Emperor pen. <laughs> you could, yeah. Are you allowed to use coupon code Roy for that? <laughs> so yeah, let's keep reading this. Okay, so. Of course, you can't go six plus months without any new pens, but those are unrelated to your autodidactic journey. Uh, so then this email goes on, uh, says, for my master's degree, I took notes in every fountain pen I had, rotating them every page or so as I pleased. Practicality wasn't a factor for me, but looking back, I shouldn't have used shimmer or sheen. Too distracting. I didn't make flashcards, but I imagine a non-smearing black ink is best. Retro 51, if the card's... Can't handle the fountain pen ink. Side note, I've heard it's better to make flashcards portrait, that's like taller rather than wider, and flip them vertically. Since you already have paper notebooks sorted out, I think the best option is to pick a pen and ink combo that works for you and stick with it the whole time. And only use that pen and ink for studying. That way, when you pick up your study pen and notebook, your brain knows it's study time and to get serious. If you can get a consistent time and place for your studying, all the better for tricking your brain into focusing on the task at hand. Hope this helps. All the best. I can't mention the name. Yes, all the best. PPS, PPS, my vote for study pen and ink is the Lamy 2000 with platinum carbon black ink. Not the fanciest, but sure to get the job done. Sure, sure. 
you know, that the Lamy 2000 is a fantastic choice because it's easy to clip on off. Man, is that pen a comfortable writer? Capped or uncapped? Oh, yeah. I mean, posted or unposted? Very comfortable writer. I I think nice. I think I bought mine back when the cost of a Lamy 2000 was 169 or 170 dollars before the price went up. I bought mine when it was like six pence. What? It was it was six pence. I'm saying it's saying it's like really old currency that or whatever. I don't know. Oh, I'm just joking. That's just, oh, that's a dad <laughs> joke. Got it. No, no, no. What are you talking about? You bought you bought yours for like four million dollars because it was blue. <laughs> it's like there's a blue one. I traded I traded mine for a ride in the rocket ship with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So you just bought a pen that was you just bought a pen that was blue and you paid four times the cost for it. Good yes. for you, man. I love green, but I wouldn't do that. I you know, oh heartbeat, huh? I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. dark green like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I would. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I definitely would. But I think that's all we have time for this week. I actually wanted to talk to you about something real, but I don't think we have time for it. So remind me about it. Something to do with my left. That's so yeah. I I spent so much time in my life getting punched in the face that my left eye now is in bad shape. So what ends up happening is. I have these huge, like a huge problem seeing out of my left eye because I have like these massive floaters swirling around Uh. in my eye. And that comes from all the trauma from getting hit in the face so much. But it's not just like a dot or a line. It's like, it's like spaghetti hairs. You know what I mean? All over my vision. So it's like 40% of my vision is just obstructed by it. And it, Damn it, it makes it hard for depth perception a lot of times. So writing these days has gotten mm-hmm. really difficult. You know what I'm saying? So next week yeah. I want to talk about what kind of advice, and we'll think about this. I know, I know I don't like to prepare in advance, but what kind of advice do we give people who have difficulty seeing and they're fountain pen enthusiasts? Right? Because mm-hmm. I think that advice is going to apply to me soon, very soon. You know what I mean? I'm not crying or whining and be like, "Oh, poor me." No, no, no. I made choices. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about that. It's that 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 really does suck. Yeah, though. it kind of does. It's... But you know, it's like that's that's the that's the cost of foolhardiness in in youth. You know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. So we'll talk about that next week. Make sure you remind me because I definitely will forget, even though it's like right in front of me all the time. Every single day, I'll still forget because that's how dumb <laughs> I am. And that might be from getting punched a lot too. But anyway. That's all we have time for this week. I do want to say I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky. And try not to get punched in the face too much. That's never that's never good. That's but that's always good advice. It's never good to get punched in the face. Anyway. <laughs> bye. <laughs>